0: Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori says for the next hour, I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news,
1: foreign and domestic.
2: News.
0: Real news. Welcome everyone to the Tory says show. I'm your host, Tori, for the next two hours. You can always find me here Monday through Friday, 12 noon to two PM Eastern time. So it's Valentine's Day today. A Hallmark holiday, a holiday that forces us or reminds us to be grateful and show love to another and eat chocolate relentlessly with a really valid excuse. I'm pretty excited today. I get to go to dinner with friends um, and get all those. My favorite chocolates are lint chocolates, um, milk chocolate. That's it. I'm pretty much a straightforward kind of gal when it comes to chocolate. I hope everyone out there um, is grateful for the people they have around them, for the things they have, a roof over their head, clean running water. And for those of us less fortunate, hopefully people can extend to us some form of love today. I mean, at least once a year, right? We have to remember to show love. Then on the other hand, with the stuff that we're seeing in the news, it's really hard, isn't it? It is incredible. And we're seeing it unfold. We're seeing exactly what I talked about last week, which is a pretty much predictable, like I said. That they are going to try and say that our president tried to make this Russia thing go away, and they did. They dropped an excerpt of the 60 Minutes interview with McCabe, who started an investigation on our president because of just what I said. Adam Schiff doubling down on the same thing. And then, like I said, this Border Security Committee, complete and utter rubbish. Rubbish. Look at the Republicans on that committee. Rubbish. And it's a good thing people started to read it and figure out that there were loopholes, to stymie building the wall because we have to remember if the mayors can do it there's home charters that extend to neighboring cities it is a hot mess so unfortunately we're gonna have to have a shutdown we're gonna have to have a national emergency pretty much it they gave us less money we know we have the money we're already building it's being reported that we're building so no big deal right We'll talk about Ilhan today too. Talked about her yesterday, you know, with that fake letter to support transgender when in her country it's like against the law, it's like punishable by death. A woman that can't park her job at the door of our house, you think she's not taking it with her everywhere? Of course she is. Like I said, Takia, right? We talked about this yesterday. No need to elaborate on that. So why don't we start with just listening to a few excerpts of what uh, McCabe said. But actually, let's listen to CBS discussing this, how concerned they are. You know, they have the concerned face, their questions. And obviously, the DOJ offered a response to that on behalf of uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. But I talked about that in 2018, wrote a couple of articles with big league politics, referring to this last year, but you know, the mainstream media will never report facts. They will take a fact and write a story or tell you the story they want you to know. For example, I'm standing outside in my, you know, in my front yard with a shovel. Someone might say, I have that shovel to kill someone. Someone might say, it's because I have, you know, four feet of snow. They'll take that fact that I was in my front yard and skewed as they want. This is exactly the same thing. So let's just take a listen.
3: In his first TV interview since being fired, the former FBI's former director, is telling 60 Minutes why he launched investigations into President Trump. If you remember, Andrew McCabe was a career official at the Justice Department who oversaw the Bureau's investigations into Russia's election meddling and Hillary Clinton's emails. He took over as acting FBI director in May of 2017 after James Comey was fired. In his new book, The Threat How the FBI Protects America in the Age of Terror. And Trump, McCabe describes extraordinary measures Justice Department officials took after Comey's firing. He says he was concerned about the president's possible ties to Russia.
4: Now, remember last March, about one day before McCabe was scheduled to retire, he was fired by then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions. The Justice Department accused McCabe of misleading investigators about sharing information with the media. Now, he denies any wrongdoing, but as a result of his firing, McCabe did not receive his full benefits and is considering a lawsuit. Well, now, in an interview with Scott Pelley for Sunday's 60 Minutes, McCabe discussed a meeting with the president in the Oval Office just hours after Comey was fired.
5: I was speaking to the man who had just run for the presidency and, achieve, and, and won the election for the presidency and who might have done so with the aid of the government of Russia, our most formidable adversary on the world stage and that was something that troubled me greatly
6: how long was it after that that you decided to start the obstruction of justice and counterintelligence investigations involving the president
5: i think the next day i met with the team investigating the russia cases and uh, i asked the team to go back and conduct an assessment to determine Where are we with these efforts and what steps do we need to take going forward? I was very concerned that I was able to put the Russia case on absolutely solid ground in an indelible fashion, that were I removed quickly or reassigned or fired, that the case could not be closed or... Uh, vanish in the night without a trace. I wanted to make sure that our case was on solid ground, and if somebody came in behind me and closed it and tried to walk away from it, they would not be able to do that without creating a record of why they'd made that decision. You wanted a
6: documentary record. That's right. That those investigations had begun because you feared that they would be made to go away. That's exactly
7: right.
4: The White House responded to the opening of that investigation, calling it a completely baseless investigation. But now we're hearing directly from McCabe as he tells his own story with Scott Pelley on 60 Minutes. Scott, good morning. Good morning. Uh, This is fascinating to see what you've learned in this interview. He was a career FBI uh, professional. This is the first time, however, that he's confirmed he opened that investigation. Why?
6: Well, it it was... About eight days in May in 2017, right after Jim Comey was fired, and McCabe describes a chaotic time, especially at the Justice Department, when questions are being asked whether Jim Comey was fired to obstruct the Russia investigation, and if so, is the president an agent of Russia? There were two investigations, Nora, one a criminal investigation, the other a counterintelligence investigation. McCabe told us that he had many reasons to open both of those investigations. And as we just heard him say, he wanted to get those investigations open so that if he got fired right away, they wouldn't just disappear.
0: What did he say
3: about friction in the White House after the firing of Congress
0: Wait, before we listen to the rest of what this clown has to say, he's focusing on the eight days of concern because Comey was fired, McCabe stepped in. uh, You know, they needed a plan. He was really worried that our president is a Russian agent. Listen to that. I mean, how embarrassing is this? How childish, petty, and disgusting it is because, you know, The Russians are laughing at us. The world is laughing at us. The world that knows exactly what's going on is laughing at us right now. And they realize that unfortunately the American people do not have the common sense to see beyond the mockingbird media. They don't. Incredible, isn't it? So he writes a book, so it's true. No, he needs money. He has no money. He was not afforded any benefits. And this is all coming out because their pants are going to be pulled down. Now, McCabe could have come out before and done this, talked about this, right? But he didn't. Why? Because this was their plan, like I said. Their plan was they knew that the Mueller investigation would come to an end. It would be a nothing burger. It would expose the fact that they've spent taxpayer dollars on nothing but a witch hunt. The only reason they started it was to sever ties and delete evidence. So their new tactic, and we saw this with the Whitaker questioning, is to say that the president has installed people that will make this go away. And this is why he didn't shut it down. All of us were saying, just shut it down. It's it's a hoax. It's garbage. You know, the article that I wrote up uh, in 2018 in the summer where I broke, obviously, you know, mainstream media is never going to give it to me. I broke that Mueller was an inferior officer. He had to answer to someone. He had a job to do and a scope to do and... He did not have anyone guiding. They had Jeff Sessions recuse himself, of course, because Jeff Sessions was in on the questioning in 2016 with this Russian lawyer. I wrote about that too. This is why he had to recuse himself. So we have McCabe coming out, and we're going to analyze this. Just listen to what else, you know, their shocking revelation was. You know, now that the Russia story is done. They need to revive it in another way by saying, Well, the investigation was done because he made it go all away, right? We talked about this. They made their intentions clear with the questioning of Whitaker. Let's continue.
6: Well he tells the story John of the president repeatedly in meetings and phone calls trying to convince him McCabe that everyone at the FBI wanted Comey fired mm-hmm. and that everyone was very happy about that. And McCabe talks about the interview it talks in the interview on 60 minutes about him telling the president no sir. That's not what happened. I'm encountering people in the hallway who are in tears mm-hmm. over the firing of Jim Comey. And he says it was at that point that he realized that If he hadn't burned the bridge with the president, he could certainly smell it smoking.
4: It's certainly a very candid conversation. I've only read an excerpt from the book, but he is he's speaking very candidly about his feelings for the president and his impression of the president. Was there anything in the interview that surprised you about what he was saying?
6: Gail, the, the most illuminating and surprising thing in the interview to me were these eight Scott days in May. Kelly looks when so. All of these things were happening behind think. the scenes that the American people really didn't know about. There were meetings at the Justice Department in which it was discussed whether the Vice President and a majority of the Cabinet could be brought together to remove the President of the United States under the 25th Amendment. These were the eight days from Comey's firing to the point that Robert Mueller was appointed special counsel. And the highest levels of American law enforcement were trying to figure out what to do with the president.
4: And I just want to put a finer point on that because there has been reporting, but I don't believe there has been a source that went on the record to confirm that the 25th Amendment was discussed about removing the president. So McCabe is saying that that was discussed.
6: Absolutely. McCabe, uh, Nora, as you point out, is the very first person involved in these meetings who has come out and spoken publicly.
4: That there was a discussion underway about removing the president of the United States.
6: There, they were counting noses. They 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 were not not asking cabinet members whether they would vote for or against removing the president, but they were speculating this person would be with us, that person would not be, and they were counting noses in that effort. And
4: this was not perceived to be a joke.
6: This was not perceived to be a joke. Mm -hmm. It was also uh, said uh, at at a previous time that the deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, offered to wear a wire Mm -hmm. into the White House to record potentially incriminating conversations with the president. A statement was released after that 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 was never serious, it was sarcastic, etc. McCabe in our interview says no. It came up more than once and it was so serious that he took it to the lawyers at the FBI to discuss it.
4: Mr. Rosenstein seems to deny that in a very carefully worded statement though. It's very interesting how McCabe's version and Rod Rosenstein's version of that
6: Rod Rosenstein says that he never authorized wearing a wire into the White House, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about discussing whether it was a possibility.
4: Did you have a hard time keeping your face on straight while you are talking to him? Because he really says some jaw-dropping things.
6: I did, Gail silently say to myself during the interview, I can't believe I'm hearing this. And it mm-hmm. seemed
4: as though he was trying to reinforce how surreal and abnormal all of this was. He'd never seen anything like this.
6: He'd been in the FBI his whole career. He'd wanted to be there since he was in law school. He rose, had a sterling career and became head of the prestigious Washington field office, the head of counterterrorism uh, and rose all the way to the number two position at the FBI. And this was, without a doubt, the most surreal moment he'd ever experienced.
4: Can't wait to see
0: it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Extraordinary. Well, here's what's surreal. What is this fourth branch of government doing? We haven't elected them, Who are they to say what is in our best interest? Who gave them the authority to do so? This is a problem. The fact that we have the mainstream media painting McCabe, a career FBI official. They said it many times. Career. See, the military moves people every four to six years, To avoid deep seated connections. But we don't do that in the intelligence community or the FBI or the Department of Justice, which makes people very comfortable. How do you remove people from power that you've never elected to be there? This is the most dangerous and surreal thing I've heard that we are applauding or supporting a member that we did not elect to decide that they must invoke, what, the 25th Amendment, which means that our president does not have the capacity, he's incapacitated to be president. This would require that his cabinet come against him, which would include the Attorney General, Secretary of Defense, the Treasury a bunch of them. It would be, um, I can list all of them. It would be energy, education, veterans affairs, homeland security, transport, um, you know, um, housing, uh, health and human services, interior, the DOI, agriculture, commerce, um, and the secretary of state. Now, this means that these persons that were appointed by the president would have to sit down and say he is not able to do so. Big League Politics was reporting on these secret meetings. We know about these secret meetings. I'll read to you the response the Department of Justice for McCabe had for this 60-minute interview, and I quote, As to the specific portions of this interview provided to the Department of Justice by 60 minutes in advance... The Deputy Attorney General again rejects Mr. McCabe's recitation of events as inaccurate and factually incorrect. The Deputy Attorney General, we're talking about Rod Rosenstein, right? Never authorized any recording that Mr. McCabe references and he also as previously stated based on his personal dealings with the president there is no basis to invoke the 25th amendment nor was rod rosenstein the deputy attorney general they never say rod rosenstein it's always dag in a position of concerning cons- uh, in a position to consider invoking the 25th amendment finally the deputy attorney general again rod rosenstein but they never put his name never spoke to mr comey about appointing a special counsel The deputy attorney general, in fact, appointed the special counsel Mueller and directed that Mr. McCabe be removed from any participation in that investigation. Subsequent to this removal, DOJ's inspector general found that Mr. McCabe did not tell the truth to federal authorities on multiple occasions, leading to his termination from the FBI. Now, first of all, they don't mention Rod Rosenstein's name, and that's very important. We'll analyze that tomorrow because there's, you know what? Actually Monday because there's going to be so much coming out tomorrow. It's going to be a party and I'm never wrong when parties drop and we're going to see it. They all know that shoe's about to drop. And, you know, they pulled the trigger. Adam Schiff went there. The deep state went there. This unelected fourth branch of government went there. Imagine how disgusting it is. Think about it. That your intelligence community and your FBI believe that they know best for you. Unelected persons, right? Working against the duly elected president. These are the people that we did not elect. These are the people that are dictating policy. These are the people that are providing recommendations and changing. These are the people that are violating every aspect of our privacy and our society. And yet, why do we have them on? They are there to enforce the laws and the rules as dictated by those that we elect. They do not make their own, but unfortunately they do. This is the power that they have been provided by previous administrations. JFK was right to say that he doesn't trust his intelligence community. Same goes for Nixon. These, This is the fourth branch of government, the unelected branch, that decides what's best for you. And you don't know who these people are. Slowly it's coming out. These are career agents. These are career politicians that have non-elected jobs. These are the people that can ruin your life with a click of a button. These are the people that decide who can speak and who cannot. How much do you want to make a bet that Miss Witt... The intelligence officer from the Air Force that defected to Iran is connected to Peter Strzok. How much do you want to make a bet? Do you think we send money like that to Iran? Just like that? Do you think Obama just did it like that? What about BAH? With them buying aircraft? Guys, you are only seeing the surface. And if someone was to open your eyes to see just how they've been orchestrating the demise of our nation, you would be in utter shock. I mean, they've just figured out that Mueller is a big zero. It's giving them nothing, and they're trying to revitalize, you know, to, to, to give a new second life to this Russia thing. By declaring that our president is a Russian agent, it is Disgusting. But that's the mainstream media for you. They praise those that push polarization. They praise those that push racist notions. They praise those that look to end this wonderful nation we call the United States of America in the name of globalism and power. These totalitarian regimes that existed before President Trump are really salty because he's put a wrench in almost a century-long plan. Incredible, isn't it? How calculated they are. But the time's coming now. They won't be able to, be, to, to get this done because there are many like-minded people out there who are fighting against them working against them, and were using their own tools against them. If you can track me, I can track you. If you can bury things, I can dig them up, because nothing is buried. You know what's funny? Rod Rosenstein made this statement, but I'm telling you he was in on it, and I've already expressed my concerns with the vice president. I don't need to reiterate. But I trust President Trump. I trust what he does. Doesn't mean that I agree with everything he does. But I trust there's a method to what he's doing. There is a reason for every appointment, every firing, every action he takes. Because I do not have the access to the information he has. You know, in England yesterday, I was watching a video clip where a person stood up and said, you know, I'm really tired of this. We're supposed to be out and we're not. They're bickering. The House of Lords are people we didn't elect, but our MPs are supposed to be fighting for what we need. At this point, what we need is someone like President Trump to be here to fix this mess. The world loves our president. And the more love they show to our president, the more hate loathing and lies they will spin on their mainstream media platforms globally but unfortunately in the age of information ignorance is a choice and uh, people are opting for information i'll see you all right after this break
9: one eight hundred seven zero seven one two one nine.
10: Hey this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for my pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat
0: Welcome back to the second half hour of the first hour of the Tories Says Show. Remember, in the second hour, I do open up my phone lines for questions, commentary. Uh, right now, the Senate is about to vote on William Barr's nomination. This will be very interesting. But in the meantime, uh, I wanted to play McCabe speaking. It's a one-minute clip. Uh, from 60 Minutes I want you guys to just listen to him but I also want to make note that at some point he his body gave away something that is incredible he said that he shouldn't have been elected presidential candidate and he stopped himself but you can hear it so pay attention closely he says it right at the beginning when he talks about him being um, the president elect listen
5: to the man who had just run for the presidency and it, and and won the election for the
0: and he shook his head and it sh- and won it shouldn't have been is what he was saying. This is how upset this fourth branch of government is that our president that we elected that they couldn't even have him lose when they rigged the election. This is how they decide. Who is allowed to be president? Remember, the fourth branch of government. This is the face of the deep state. Presidency,
5: and who might have done so with the aid of the government of Russia, our most formidable adversary on the world stage. And that was something that troubled me greatly.
6: How long was it? after that, that you decided to start the obstruction of justice and counterintelligence investigations involving the president?
5: I think the next day I met with the team investigating the Russia cases, and uh, I asked the team to go back and conduct an assessment to determine where are we with these efforts and what steps do we need to take going forward. I was very concerned that I was able to put the Russia case on absolutely solid ground, In an indelible fashion, that were I removed quickly or reassigned or fired, that the case could not be closed or. Uh, vanish in the night without a trace. I wanted to make sure that our case was on solid ground, and if somebody came in behind me and closed it and tried to walk away from it, they would not be able to do that without creating a record of why they'd made that decision. You wanted a
6: documentary record. That's right. That those investigations had begun because you feared that they would be made to go away. That's exactly right.
0: So he was worried that these uh, false allegations about Russia, when we all know the only Russia collusion that we've seen is $145 million to the Clinton campaign and also Mueller delivering the uranium one sample himself and dealings that they had. Remember, Hot Mike, Obama, oh, when I'm done, you know, and I'm not president anymore, I'll have more time so we could chit chat. This is ridiculous. I have no idea how this person is even given the opportunity to speak. He should not. It is unacceptable. Unacceptable. This loathing of our president, this fourth branch of government rearing their head and demanding that people pay attention. But you know what? Our president gone in there and he started cleaning up. Most of them were fired or forced. Like he tweeted today, many of the top FBI brass were fired, forced to leave or left. Same thing happened within the party, the Republican Party. Because we've got, who, who, who have we fired? Comey, McCabe, Rabicki, Baker, Priestap, Peter Struck, Lisa Page, Cortan, Campbell, um, who else, Tur- uh, uh, Turgel, Bauer, Anderson, Coleman, Campbell, um, Steinbach, uh, alone. I mean, there are so many of them, uh, you know, that were removed. And the thing is, how do we fix, uh, the FBI and the intelligence community, right? Because they're pretty much one in the same. One is more publicly available. The other one is more covert, How do we fix this? Because they've been operating with this power for decades. How do you tell them you don't have that power anymore? You can't make such decisions. You take orders. Your job is to take orders and execute them. And those orders come from our president because he is your commanding officer, not the director of the FBI, not, you know, the DNI, not your CIA director. It's the president of the United States that gives those orders directly to each division. How do you remove that power? And like I said, sometimes it's best to just go in there and just gut it all the way down to the janitor. But on this scale, how do you do that without looking like a tyrant? Because that's exactly what the mainstream media is going to put. And this is why people haven't perp walked yet. Because like I said, and I've been saying for a while, we need to let them pull their own pants down. If they pull their own pants down, then no one can refute, can say anything in regards to why they're going to jail. We need that. So now um, live, uh, we're seeing the Senate votes coming in on William Barr. And a thing about William Barr I think would tie in with – with this little clip of Ilhan Omar yesterday, which was ridiculous, I'd like you guys to take a listen to it. And, and, and this actually ties into William Barr as to why if I was a senator and I support the president 100 percent, but like Rand Paul, I would say, sorry, I can't. And I'll tell you why, because Elliot Abrams is tied into this, too. And one might wonder, why is Elliot Abrams down in Venezuela if he's such a problem? But just take a listen first, before we analyze Ilhan Omar's disgusting stance, the the smirk, the um, irony, the drunken of power. Like even CNN was like, "Whoa!" She was like, "I'm not talking to you." And you know they're they're seeing her true face now. So this is just take a listen to what she says. Thank you, Ms. Omar. Thank you,
2: Chairman. Um, thank you all for being here, and thank you for your uh, testimonies. Mr. Adams, in 1991, you pleaded guilty to two counts of withholding information from Congress regarding your involvement in the Iran-Contra affair, wh- for which you were later pardoned by President George H.W.
0: Bush. All right, so uh, I reposted and pinned to my Twitter feed the article about William Barr uh, for you guys to understand who he is. She can't even pronounce things correctly. It was the Iran-Contra deal, and uh, this was done under uh, Bush 41 uh, when uh, he was president but actually vice president, right? Because we all know Bush was a three-term president um, because he actually was president instead of Reagan. We know what happened. But – this is where it comes in, because in 1978, and there's an article where you know it actually it was one of the best ones I wrote last year where I exposed Peter Strock and his father, Peter Strock. Again, that's what he's named, Peter Strock Senior, I guess. Um, in 1978, they actually went to Iran and took down the Iranian government and installed the one that we have today. The 40 year tyranny that Iran has is what we. Did. And that was all done by Peter Strzok Sr. and further throughout the gears with the Around Contra, where we were giving him missiles and weapons and installing this regime. Um, Bill Barr was included in on this, and so was Elliot Abrams, just so you know. So this was, it was kind of like Obama gave money, cash, untraceable cash. Um, Bush gave missiles and weapons to put in kind of the same way as we put in Maduro in Venezuela. So take a listen. I fail
2: to understand uh, why members of this committee or the American people should find any testimony that you give uh, today
0: to be truthful. If I can respond to that.
7: Uh,
2: I am, it wasn't a question.
0: Okay. So that was super not nice. That wasn't a question. And her face is like smiling and smirking. But what she's referring to is that he withheld information from Congress. Why? I mean, Congress didn't even have the information that Bill Barr was drinking, you know, uh, you know, cocktails with Noriega in Costa Rica talking about, you know, where's my money on the $100 million. They didn't tell Congress about how the Clintons had shaved off $100 million from the cocaine deal. They didn't tell Congress how they framed Barry Seal for all of this when all he did was do his job as instructed as a CIA qualified pilot. So... This is all BS, and we know that Elliot Elliot Abrams was part of this fourth branch of government, this how far back it goes, that they are above the law. They don't have to tell Congress. They don't have to tell you what they do because it's about national security or whatever umbrella they want to put it on. So in one sense, she's right. Why are we going to believe you if you withhold information? I get it. But her attitude tells you different because this is how she wants to spin it. Just take a listen. Uh, I, On February, that was not, was not that was attack, not a question
2: that was the, I I reserved the right I'm, to my she's time it is
7: not it is not right That was Never not a question committee can attack On
2: February a 8th
7: who is not permitted to reply That
2: that was not a question Thank you for your participation On February 8th 1982 you testified before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee about US policy in El Salvador In that hearing you dismissed as communist propaganda report about the massacre of El Masote, in which more than 800 civilians, including children as young as two years old, were brutally murdered by U.S.-trained troops. During that massacre, some of those troops bragged about raping a 12-year-old girl before they killed them girls before they killed them you later said okay so
0: take a listen so what happened is el salvador happened in el salvador right it was el salvadorians fighting amongst each other to remove a tyrannical regime yes the soldiers for the liberation or non-liberation because still that's not clear were trained by the U.S. just like ISIS was trained by the U.S., okay? This is normal practice for the fourth branch of government. So she's trying to say, oh, they committed genocide. It wasn't the Americans. They trained them. Yes. And we train a lot of people. Unlike her country that she is so devoted to in Somalia, they rape and burn Christian children every single day. Yet for some reason, this woman who is tied to the prime minister of Somalia, for some reason, was a refugee from a country that would embrace her. Leaving Christians behind. Pay attention to the tequila going on and pay attention to the vitriol of hate. Because what she is spinning is not the hate of what was done to El Salvador. Not the hate of what was done with the Iran controversy. It's the hate that Americans all need to die because they are involved in everything. This is the deep-rooted hate. This is the mantra of ISIS. Listen. This is where you need to listen to her words
2: that the U.S. policy in El Salvador was a fabulous achievement. Yes or no, do you still think
7: so? From the day that President Duarte was elected in a free election to this day, El Salvador has been a democracy. That's a fabulous achievement.
2: And that's a fact. Yes or no, do you think that massacre was a fabulous achievement
0: she said do, yes or no do you think that massacre and she smiled she smiled do you think the massacre was a fabulous achievement? she smiled guys this is a terrorist we are seeing a terrorist on our foreign service oh my gosh she has access to information this is a problem just listen to her words. And if you could see her smile while she's saying it, it looks completely deep seated hate that she has for this country.
2: That happened under
7: our watch. That is a ridiculous question. And I
2: yes will or no? It.
0: No. I,
2: I I'm will sorry, Mr. I will but take that I'm, as a yes. I
7: am not going to respond to that kind of personal attack, which is not a question.
2: Yes or no, would you support an armed faction within Venezuela that she's laughing while she's saying this crimes against humanity or genocide. If you believe they were serving U.S. interest as you did in Guatemala, El Salvador and Nicaragua.
0: Guys, this is exactly what ISIS says. That the United States, as long as they serve U.S. interests, will annihilate anyone. This is like their Bible. This is their book. This is incredible. Like, look at what she's saying. Look at, look at the way she's saying it. It's ridiculous. She is trying to say that we are for genocide. We are for these things. And keep in mind... It's no lie that for U.S. interests or global interests that we infiltrated the Middle East, we know the damage that Clinton, Bush, and Obama did there. We know exactly. And the more we're in there, just like President Trump said, the more they're going to hate us. The Terrorists existed before we were there. They're still going to exist after we're gone. He said it himself. And this is why we need to pull out of these uh, never-ending wars to what? Uphold global interests? We don't care. And for her to say what we're doing in Venezuela is the same is 100% wrong. But I urge you to find the video and look at her when she speaks. It terrifies me. Having seen terrorists myself, This this is incredible to watch.
7: I am not going to respond to that question. I'm sorry. I don't think this entire line of questioning is meant to be real questions, and so I will not reply.
2: Whether you, under your watch, a genocide will take place, and you will look the other way because American interests were being upheld, is a fair question. She's smiling. The American people want to know that any time we engage a country, that we think about what our actions could be, and how we believe our values are being farthered. That is my question. Will you make sure that human rights are not violated and that we uphold international and human rights?
7: I suppose there is a question in there, and the answer is that the entire thrust Of american policy in venezuela is to support the venezuelan people's effort to restore democracy to their country that's our policy
2: i don't think anybody disputes that the question i had for you is that the interest does the interest of the united states include protecting human rights and include protecting people against genocide
7: That is always the position of the United States.
0: Thank you. I yield back my time. My gosh, right, guys? That was incredible. And I urge you to see her say it. This is what you see happen when ISIS talks. This is exactly what ISIS purports. I don't think ever... Well, no, I have to take that back because we did have a Clinton administration and two Bush and Obama. But see, we can never tell when we support changes within other governments. And right now, what is happening in Venezuela, we have been 100% transparent. In a previous um, radio show, I depicted how this is the first time that we're 100% transparent. We're like, listen, guys. We're pulling out of the Middle East. We're pulling out of Afghanistan. Venezuela is under this dictator that was installed through Clinton, Bush, and Obama administrations. This is how they got rid of Chavez, who at the end of his existence was very against the United States. And they slid Maduro in there. And right now, there are factions within his army saying, you know what, I think we should be a more populist government. We shouldn't be dictating. This isn't good. We're getting hyperinflation. People have ousted us. We can't trade. The only people that we have any relations with are China and Russia. And they're coming in, and they're giving us money, but they're exploiting us. Isn't it better that we actually make money if we're going to be exploiting our resources? And this is exactly what the U.S. is saying. The U.S. is saying they've got over 300 years of fossil fuel. They have unlimited access to gold because I spoke about gold in November, and we see planes leaving Venezuela with packed with tons of gold to countries like Russia and China. And we see that the European Union, as long as they had Maduro in place, they had access to that. That was their backup plan. But Saudi Arabia... Um, getting hurt really bad by U.S. policy in the Middle East, killing the petrodollar relation. The U.S. pulling out is further going to kill the petrodollar relation, and Saudi Arabia is okay with it because it'll stop the siphoning of fuels by the European Union, this globalist cabal that has entered that area to do so. That was the plan all along. You know, like in the movie Hunger Games where there's factions, the Middle East would have been the oil-producing faction for everybody else. And the kings and queens would live in Astana, Kazakhstan. That's what they built it for. This is, this is where it's going. And we've said we want to go down there and we're going to help them. We're going to give them food. We're going to give them money. We're going to give them whatever the people want. And they're going to figure it out. We're not going to intervene with the military. Neither will Russia or China, even though in, throughout all of 2018, while our president was writing all these executive orders about trading with Venezuela, they brought down ships and nuclear-capable planes because they have invested collectively over $10 billion. And they're not going to say, hey, Maduro, we'll fight with you. No, they won't because they want Guaido to honor the contracts they have with the Venezuelan government and say, well, you had money and we did give it to you and you should at least honor part of it create a better Venezuela like a better El Salvador. Salvador is popping right now, right? They're a democracy. They still have their problems, but they're a democracy. Democracy means that the people actually have a voice. Right now in Venezuela nobody does. And since nobody does and it's only Maduro and Maduro says, I want this or else no, you know, bigger countries are like, well, that's not the way it works. He's like, well, that's the way it's going to work and I don't care if my people suffer from it. And keep in mind, this is the only country that has more generals in their military than the United Nations collectively. This is a big deal. But regardless, I wanted you guys to focus on this deep-seated hate and loathe for previous American activities. You know, she didn't mention the Middle East because that would be too abrupt. And I'm no fan of Abrams. You know, I don't care if it was your job to do what you were told. I don't care, you know, because you were in the intelligence community that you had to withhold information. The bottom line is when you swear into the intelligence community, you don't swear to uphold the fourth branch of government, the shadow government that really runs things. You swear to uphold the Constitution. And when you're in front of elected members and you do not uphold that oath, you are worthless to me. Because when they have the clearance to know what you know and to know what you did, you should be forthcoming with it. Remember, Bill Barr was the one that was AG during Bush when he pardoned him. They pardoned them all. Bill Barr was part of it too. This is why I can't seem to fathom or predict or understand why a nomination of Barr would go forward. For me, it would have been great, like I said in November when it was announced, Hey, maybe he's putting him up because he doesn't want him to be, you know, nominated and he needs to have these deep checks and deep connections and figure all this out. Because even if he gets placed, he'll have to recuse himself because he has personal relations with Mueller. And he is the deepest of all swamp creatures, old money as they call it. So could it be? I mean, I was right so far that his um, confirmation hearing wouldn't happen until mid-February. I was on point with that. So I'm really hoping, because President Trump knows who's in his Senate, that he also knows how they will vote. You know, if I was in his Senate, he'd know I'd be all over this, make America great again, let's gut it, let's do it, kind of like Rand Paul but I would still not vote for him, even though I trust my president. I trust my president knows where I will vote to because he knows me. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I personally do not want Barr in office, but like I said, I trust my president that he knows what he's doing. And I trust that he knows what the senators uh, within his party know what they're doing. So, We'll see how that works out. Now I'm coming up to my next, my top of the hour break. I will be opening up the phone lines in the second half. Would more than welcome uh, any conversation or questions you may have. Um, And I'll be monitoring uh, the nomination because I see all the senators right now on the floor. I see Senator Kramer there um, who kind of said he might actually vote for him. I hope not. Um, We'll see. I never know. I'll see you all in a few. Oh, mm-hmm.
5: Welcome back, host.
0: Have a great show. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news,
1: foreign and domestic.
2: news
0: real news so it looks like uh william barr is being confirmed um it's coming out that they've confirmed him as attorney general gosh now we're going to see what side of history he's going to be on because we've got all these old players in our park right now. And for me, that's, um, that's very concerning. Um, for someone that, you know, like myself, that looks into history because the history always proves what we're going through today and it'll tell us our future. I've, I've said this many times. Um, so it's, it's, it's very concerning to see that um he was confirmed by the senate so you know for me it's 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 i struggle with this like i've said but at least i knew that there was going to be a delay for some reason so now that he's being been confirmed what next is the question You know, he and Robert Mueller go back for a very, very long time. And the envoys that we're using now for different aspects of penetrating, um, I would say no, elaborating and changing our foreign policies, let's say, uh, have always worked with William Barr. And my concern lies in how we will deal with Brennan. That is how I will judge this attorney general in the way that he will hold his friends and former co-workers to standards like Brennan. So this is going to be interesting. Very interesting to say the least of how this would all pan out. But we'll see. The outlook looks good if, you know, the bottom line is, the president wanted this to happen, so it's happening, and I have to trust that. <laughs> Even though I'm not on board with it, only because I know the detailed history of what kind of actions men like William Barr have executed. For me, it was a problem of him privatizing prisons and helping approve this uh, modern-day privatized slavery and filling these prisons up with what Hillary coined as super predators. You know, he was a mastermind behind all this. Um, He doesn't uphold the Fourth Amendment. It's really concerning. But, you know, even your enemy or someone that works against good— has a purpose. They all have a purpose. And so I am going to maintain my course in saying that he's got to have a purpose even though he's one of the most corrupt people in there. And one might say at his age, maybe he's trying to make amends for the millions that have been killed under his watch and for the uh, perversions against rights of American citizens and not upholding a constitution. And this is his redemption at the final leg of his life, but people that enjoy power, you know, are not usually the ones that look for redemption, but I'm no one to judge. We'll see how that pans out. Uh, Our phone lines are open. It's um, 215-867-8255. That's 215-TOP-TALK. If you uh, want um, to chime in or if you have any specific question. Now, What I'm expecting to come out now, aside from their new attack on attacking the Mueller investigation and making it seem like our president uh, has obstructed justice. And like uh, Andy McCabe said with his own words, was going to make this Russia thing go away. Um, You know, they're they're giving new life to this Russia collusion thing again. And it's extremely tiring. They're talking about the 25th Amendment. Uh, they're bringing it back into the... They're pulling their final... The, the, it's the last bullet in the chamber that they have, and they've just pulled it. So it makes you wonder why they would do it now. Out of all times, why now? Why didn't McCabe come forward a few months ago? Why didn't he come forward, you know... A year ago, right? Why did he come out now? Because what he was saying during the sixty minutes interview contradicts what he said to to elected members of Congress and to interviewers uh, within our government. So why now? Why is the fourth branch of our government, this unseen shadow government, suddenly so adamant to trash our president? to, uh, you know, uh, discredit him and delegitimize his presidency with all that he has done, with all the obstacles that he's had to pass. Why now? That is the question. Why are they doing this now? They could have done it a year ago. You know, this 25th Amendment, right? Checking if someone's of sound mind. Honestly, though, think about it. Why don't we do one of those checks on, uh, you know, Pelosi, who can't even remember who the president is. That's the thing. What is it? Why, why is it that they're bringing up the 25th Amendment now? They are literally exposing the fact that, and this is something that I said in 2016, right, while he was still campaigning. They are staging and setting the stage and setting the table so that they can feast on impeaching him in some way. Maxine Waters was the first one to say impeach 45 with the 25th amendment. You remember her crazy rants. Why now? Why is Andrew McCabe coming out now? Because now on the global you know stage, they are literally stating that they tried to overthrow a a sitting United States president because he shouldn't have won and McCabe said it on his interview, should, became president, you know, was elected for president. He said it. They did not want him, the fourth branch, the shadow government did not want this man to be president because he is killing their plans. They They plotted all of this stuff. You think that they haven't plotted to take him out? They have plotted so many such incidents. So many of them. And Diane, your hands are really, really dirty out in the Far East. And unfortunately for you, the Hanoi Hilton is no longer your territory. No longer. The Far East looks up to our president, and they would never allow you to dictate how things should occur. Diane should be very careful with her actions because your 20-year Chinese spy has sung like a bird to his own and his own are singing to our own because President Xi respects our president. President Xi sees more to gain with a populist and a free America than he does with a globalist, unified planet under one regime. He seeks to gain more because it would be him against the rest of the world. So, Diane, you must be very, very careful these days. Not the president. The president, God forbid, anyone get near him. This is why we're changing cabinet members, removing people from the FBI, Secret Service, police forces, sheriffs, like they're, you know, old underwear. We're changing constantly. Why? Because people have a price. They all have a price. And unfortunately, no one is immune to that. I mean, we saw that with the president of Mexico, you know, could somebody be, or could a few people be, in our president's cam- cabinet with a price? Yes. Does he know? Yes. This is where we need to focus. We need to focus on those bad actors that are trying to maneuver things and execute this coup one way or another. Nice little coup d'etat, huh? Well, it didn't work out for them. Because unfortunately, some people that may have been on board, that may have been against the president, decided, you know what? No, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows how to run it. Let's see how we can help him. The people are behind him. They were invigorated. They remembered the oath they took. They wanted to get things done too. And they also know that the people that voted for this president are the ones that would shed blood in a heartbeat if anything happened to him. And those that support the president are also the armed forces. I don't care who you think you are. You can be a speaker of a house. You can even be a vice president. If anything happens to our president, the military will take over, not you. And the people will support the military to take you all out and gut it out. That's a fact. They know this. This is a threat. They know this. They know that the troops adore President Trump. They know the veterans adore President Trump. They know hardworking Americans that contribute to our society adore President Trump because he is making things happen. So, Diane, you should have been very careful last week because all eyes are on you always. And you should be very, very careful To the actions and the people you speak with. Because remember, never in history, and ancient history, has any member of Chinese government, emperors, etc. requested from another leader to meet halfway, to negotiate, to show any sign of weakness. And President Xi did because he considers our president unequal. He approves of what our president is doing, not because it's for the benefit of the people, but it's the benefit for his plan. It gives him more security. Because even though he's been benefiting financially through the plan that had been executed where he takes all the manufacturing, does everything, he does know that that would actually come to an end at some point in the future. And this interdependency with the globalist clique and his country would come to a standstill and be used against him as a very big weakness so he can foresee future this is why China has remained as a large empire I would say for thousands and thousands of years smart people they are vicious I don't agree with their cultural nuances or the type of government that the Chinese have. But it's their country, not mine. As long as they're not shooting people out in public, beheading people out in public, setting them on fire like they do in countries like Somalia and Iran, Ethiopia, Kenya. As long as they're not doing that, you know, it's fair game. As long as they're not restricting people from leaving the country, it's fair game. It's their country. Every individual is born to whatever situation, but it's their job to decide if they want to stay there or leave. You know, From the time that you restrict their ability to leave, that's an issue, and that's what we're seeing in Venezuela right now, that people cannot leave Venezuela, it's being barred, people are trying to escape, they're being barred, that's an issue. Though I have to say I am very concerned with, um, I I mean, you could probably tell from my voice. I I am shocked that William Barr has taken this nomination. It is terrifying for me because I know exactly what he has um, been capable of. So for me now, it's um, regrouping this weekend and trying to think how this would pan out. I've tried for the past few months after him being nominated to find alternate harem, but again, like I say, I do trust. But I like to be able to know where I stand. I think maybe because I'm a control fleet. I really, really like to be able to predict things, uh, to you know, put it into like my little map and um, find alternate solutions or outcomes that may come. And right now, I'm stumped. Every single solution, every single outcome I see with him in there comes out to be at a negative for our country and us as as free people. So this will be interesting. You know, I was um, thinking with all of these things going around, what... Will happen after the Kim meeting in Hanoi. You know, like I'm like March seems really uncertain. I know that we have the sentencing of General Flynn, William Barr coming in and um, taking over the Mueller investigation, possibly ceasing it immediately, um, is a big deal. How will that affect the General Flynn sentencing? How will it affect our? changes in uh, the way the Justice Department works. Because, see, the thing with William Barr is, is that he is one of those types of people that loathes questioning from the average person. He does not like a citizen to question him. Uh, seeing him from other confirmation hearings or statements that he made in the past. There's video clips of him, you know, in the 90s, et cetera. Um, it seems as if he believes that we are not worthy. So, you know, up until now, I felt comfortable contacting the Department of Justice with complaints, with letters, with suggestions, um, and seeing action as well, which is great. And this. A nomination kind of takes me back a bit because he's not that type of attorney general. He doesn't like to delegate. He's a control freak, um, and he doesn't like to listen. So for me, that's that's it's it's very uncertain now for me to what to expect with the general Flynn sentencing, unless we see some serious action, which is one thing that, that can possibly mitigate this. If we can see serious action like having people like Comey, um or Brennan, Loretta Lynch all taken, you know, to that level of being tried for their crimes, Baker, etc., then I don't understand how it'll pan out. I'm worried for General Flynn right now because, you know, his sentencing is coming up and that's a concern for me. And with this Attorney General, um, I don't know which way it would go and how they will utilize the information that he has from times of yore. Crazy times, isn't it? We have terrorists sitting in our house. We have uh, a new attorney general that uh, is known to have one of the most dubious pasts and um, not someone you would expect to work under the Trump administration, which could be a big problem. But we have Rashida. We have Ocasio with this new Green Deal, which I'm really happy that we're putting forward for a vote because it'll weed out the ones that are just talking smack and the ones that are actually seeing it to go forward. We have people saying, Lindsey Graham is saying that Barr is looking out for Trump and will not cross the president. We don't need someone loyal. We need someone just. I don't like it when people make statements like that. That's not what we want. We don't want someone on our side. We want someone that's on the right side, meaning the law, you know, what's fair. Because sometimes the law, you know, judges interpret the law because the law on its own, standing alone is words, words, um, is not applied as it is. It has to be interpreted by the judge. That's what we need, a person that's fair in applying the law. It's you know, pretty harsh. I mean, I'm seeing, you know, reports from people, you know, that they need another special prosecutor, uh, that they're going to try to get Barr to recuse himself from the Mueller investigation. Uh, You know, the final vote, you know, they're saying that the final confirmation vote was 54 to 39. Cory Booker didn't vote, by the way, which is weird. I don't know. It's a confusing time. Very confusing. I just um, you know, uh, I find it shocking how people um don't see these little things that really matter. Um in general, what's going on in our politics. How our president is being attacked. How Diane Feinstein has tried to create an environment in the far east in preparation for the visit of our president. All that he's done, which is amazing, and he keeps boasting it himself, right? The disinformation that they keep pushing, like, oh, you're getting less on your tax return. Of course you are, because you're paying less in taxes. You know, uh, the fact that they're saying that what Ilhan said was not racist and we should accept the apology... Yet she goes ahead and indicates and and recites, basically, but without using any Middle Eastern references, the mantra of ISIS as she's questioning Elliot Abrams. Yet Sharia law allows for the rape of children, allows for the the, the killing of innocent lives, according to their God, because it's it's worthy and it's part of their law. So that is very concerning. I'm, I'm actually shocked that he was confirmed so quickly and with such a high vote. I wasn't expecting that, but I guess maybe they know something I don't. So I'm going to leave it like that and trusted because, you know, it was a miracle that we got President Trump in office. So miracles happen. We don't know what they are yet. But, I, you know, a lot of people are upset that the Mueller investigation report won't be released because Barr said he wouldn't. And, you know, on, on one hand, it's like, well, why wouldn't it be released? I want to see it. Don't you? I think it's important that we see uh, the Mueller report. I, we need to see what they've been doing with all this money or else we can ask them to pay us back. But his nomination, too, takes Whitaker out of the picture from being attacked by the Democrats. You know, a lot of people are saying that once he comes in, he's going to fire Rod Rosenstein. I mean, I would. Rod Rosenstein was chit-chatting with um, Glenn Simpson in Colorado. Yeah, I'm telling you that for a fact the same day they caught Adam Schiff talking with Glenn Simpson because they were at the same meeting. This is a big problem. So much corruption, and now we bring the king of corruption, the king of police state, the king of we are the fourth branch of government and we know better into the mix, and that's concerning. Because remember, we have a vice president that approves of such behavior. So, you know, Vice President Pence is all about order and squareness and having things in neat little boxes. And that's what people that wish to have ultimate control. But, you know, free speech and freedom is messy. It's chaotic. It's it's confusing and it's ugly, but beautiful at the same time. And you have to have a good balance. So control freaks don't work well in democracies at all. So this is where I see a problem, that we have Square coming into a chaotic need for a populist democracy. So this is where it gets a little bit shifty. Now, for the last portion of the hour, I want to kind of recap on Ilhan Omar, just talk about the findings that Laura Loomer has to date done Um, I can tell you in the next two weeks, Laura will be holding a press conference. I'll be with her because we are going to be letting the world know another face of this jihadi import system. You are going to realize exactly who Ilhan, if you can't see it yourself from her, excuse me. From her comments, from her actions, from her movements, uh, from the way she speaks and the way she responds. If you can't see it yet, well, we'll show you with the money. We'll show you with the proof. And uh, just so you guys know, we've actually um, have reached out to ICE and to um, Homeland Security for information. So this we're waiting to get it confirmed before we do anything. This will be one of the biggest breakings ever. And that's if they let us. Unless they arrest her, then <laughs> then we know we did well. But on the next half hour, I'm going to talk about Ilhan. I'm going to recap who she is. I'm going to recap what's going on in Minnesota because for those Midwestern states. And that includes, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Nebraska, Wyoming, Minnesota, of course, and Wisconsin, it's a pretty big deal. So I'll see you guys after the short break.
10: 800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the
0: best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit
1: mypillow.com.
0: Okay, so welcome back to the last half hour of the Tory Says Show today, February 14th, 2019, Valentine's Day. Remember, I'm here Monday through Friday, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Red State Talk Radio Live. And you can catch them on podcasts and obviously go to torysays.com to find the latest digging that I do. Now, remember yesterday we talked about HR 8, the gun grab, and this universal background checks. Um, my Congressman Kelly Armstrong had something to say about it today. Um, and you know, I don't agree with him on everything like voter ID. I don't really agree with him on, but take a listen to what he says, because it's important that we understand what this bill really is.
5: This amendment is actually removing tremendous amount of language in the bill. And it's removing, uh, definatory language as to what constitutes, activities in rural America. And it just states for the purposes of hunting, trapping, fishing, ranching, farming, or target practice. Uh, It's important to note that where we're at in this bill is not in a sale. It's not in a gift. These are not permanent transfers of firearms. These are only temporary transfers of firearms for essentially things that are done in the most remote places in our country. And they are done on a daily basis and with all due respect to whoever wrote the exemptions to this bill, I think it is perfectly clear that they have never spent time in rural America a day in their life.
0: So basically, if I have land or, you know, and I want to go hunting and I lend a rifle to my friend, right, to shoot the deer with me, right, or I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go potty. If the deer comes, shoot it. Here's my rifle, which is better than yours. Um I'm breaking the law. Or if I go for target practice to some friend's remote farm and, you know, I have, you know, my gun and I hand it over to my friend, I'm breaking the law. Like he said, no one's ever been to rural America to talk about this, but the bottom line is they want to control and have access to every single person that may own a firearm. This is going to be a lot easier when they come to collect the guns, right? That's the whole reason. Can you foresee that? Can you see that? This is why they're adding this amendment of personal transfers. So, for example, a gun I have, I may want to just give it to my daughter. I have to do a bill of sale for that. Or, um, you know, uh, like I said yesterday, I want to upgrade and buy an AR-15 and I'm like, hey, here's my nine millimeter Uh, You give me $500 for that, and I put that toward purchasing an AR-15. I need to pay for a background check on you, and you have to pay to have one on me before we can sell it. That's crazy. This is just regulating guns more and not for the purpose of uh, safety, right? (laughs) Because it's not for safety because that's not why it's there. It's to be able to track who has a gun and who doesn't. So this is a very scary amendment and, you know, for some reason they're trying to push it as if criminals are going to abide by the law. None of them get guns through personal exchanges. They steal them from people that may have them lawfully or, um, you know, take them off like they say friends or family that may have them lawfully. They stole the gun and used it. So that means that you're responsible for that. It doesn't make sense. So this is, you know, and the fact that it's not really being discussed in the media is very concerning. Now, let's look at Ilhan Omar. If we remember, uh, Laura Loomer had confronted her last year, well, when she was campaigning, actually, and said, you know, you married your brother, you committed immigration fraud. And, you know, all these people now coming out, all of them. We're the ones that were telling Laura, chill out. You're gonna look nuts. This isn't right. You're attacking and now all these people want to say, Well, we've we're on it. And they're reporting what she reported over a year ago. She has been putting it out there. She said she's an anti Semite. She says they're tied to Hamas, Hezbollah, Al Qaeda. She said all these things. And it's all coming to fruition. Remember, she was banned from Twitter. Because she said that Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. And it came out. She slipped. Jake Tapper yesterday. Oh, let me see if I can find it. He had the most disgusting um, video that he put out on his, you know, making fun of the fact that our president was anti-Semitic by, by cracking jokes, right? Our president, Crack Shows, is kind of like me, uh, where I said that, you know, other times I, when I'd go to McDonald's in New York, I would order my coffee. They'd say, how do you want it? You know, they'd say, do you want it white, black? I'd be like Puerto Rican, which means sugar and milk. And people, oh, that's so racist. No, it's making, it's poking fun at stereotypes. It's okay because we're different. You know, that is what being diverse is, that you're individual and you're different and people can poke fun at that just like us Greeks you know we're hairy and we think we invented everything right because I'm Greek American I'll tell you well you know the Greeks were doing this before you know anything while people were still you know uh, in that Neanderthal stage we were eating at restaurants and had plumbing in 4000 BC so it's like you know we can poke fun at nuances what happened why are we all glass nation how is that racist racist Racism is seeing color and uh, using that against someone. Racist is seeing a cultural nuance and using it against someone. You know, that's that's what racism is. This is just poking fun. This woman, though, Ilhan, is racist to anyone that doesn't align with her ideology. I mean, there's evidence that was collected before she was able to remove it. Um, and some evidence that myself have collected, which is, you know, I'm always about follow the money, right? And now everyone's coming out stating a few of those things, but they're missing the big prize here. But they're stating how she married her brother. Is it her brother? Because think about it, guys. Let's pretend we're refugees, right? And we're coming from Somalia and we had to escape to Kenya. Would my parents only take me? Would they not take my siblings? They would leave my siblings behind? How did she get Refugee status and not her brother. And is that her brother? That's the question. What is going on with these marriage licenses? What's going on with the immigration fraud? Everyone's pulling these out now. Laura was talking about it before, no one was paying attention. And the conservative media is to blame too. I was so happy to see Michelle Malkin and Tommy Lauren give a shout out to her on national TV saying, you know, she was banned for calling her anti-Semite and she was right. Everything that Laura has said is 100% right. Because I'll tell you what, the stuff that I've been working on, Laura actually vets with me. Because it ties into what she's been, you know, our investigations come together. And you know what's so great when fellow journalists come together? You know, kind of like James O'Keefe does this too. It's not about getting your foot up on the platform, right? It's about working together. Because if you work together, the truth comes out. It's not about who gets the story first. It's not about trying to monetize on someone else's back because I'm seeing a lot of that now. Um, You know, people are like, I'm going to investigate Ilhan Omar. Why? When someone else was investigating them, you were telling them not to oh, I'm going to do this and donate to me so that I can... No, you're not. Because you have no idea uh, about anything. You know, Laura has taken the investigations into Rashida and Ilhan from a different perspective that I have. And we're meeting in the middle, and I'm more than happy for her to take it because what she has s- supplements what I have. And what I have reinforces what she has. This is the way good journalism happens that we all share ideas together, kind of like me and Scott Adams, you know, talking about RBG, you know, debunking the photo that's now making rounds again, you know, through True Pundit who reported it, but we've already debunked it because it was a cut and paste from, you know, a picture that she had from when she went to Utah at some festival. It was the Sundance, I think. These are collaborations. If we all came together as patriots, as a nation and said, all right, um, how do we put this together to get it out there? Like for me, I can sit there and write a story. But if I write it on my own platform, it'll get so much traction. But if I give it to someone else with a bigger platform that's corroborating with me, it's even better, right? And this is why I use pen names or I just give things to editors to run as as their own. This Ilhan Omar situation right now, we're seeing Rashida fall into the shadows because she knows she's next, the fraud that she committed in order to be elected. I mean, Ilhan's already paying back. She's committed um, election uh, violations, and she's paying back funds because she had local universities promoting her, and you can't use state and federal funds uh, for campaigning and lobbying. Uh, she was advertising for interns for her you know, group called Friends of Ilhan. This is like... This is stuff that people aren't reporting, and you have to wonder in Minnesota, why didn't anyone speak up? Where's the media there? They're all tied together. And in my state, I noticed um you know one woman had spoken up against uh, she worked for like a charity called United Way, right. And she spoke up against how they're shutting down the media and this media is shutting this down in Grand Forks. And it was like, you know, why are they shutting it down? Blah, blah, blah. And now they fired her right before she could retire with benefits, of course. And you have to sit and wonder. And I found out, well, you know, United Way is now linked with Lutheran Social Services. And, you know, the media are on board with Lutheran Social Services because the senators are promoting them. It's very interesting how things happen now, how they're happening now and how they're unfolding now. And I have to say, you know, um, channeling my inner Cernovich, because, you know, like I said, I don't agree with him on a lot of things he says, but I find him questioning things that are important, kind of like how he said, hey, the matrix, let us see this now, you know, hey, maybe the matrix is just letting it all open now and we can penetrate and pull out this information that was obfuscated, right? Right obfuscated that there was immigration fraud, but you have to wonder why did she commit fraud? Why was it necessary to commit fraud? I already know the answer, and I'm not going to say it yet until, you know, there's a presser for it. But why? Why do we have someone that was placed on, you know, foreign affairs committees, I mean, this is incredible, that has access to classified information? These are the type of people that are willing to, you know, um, put SD chips into human beings and smuggle information abroad. This is a woman that supported terrorists that were caught going to ISIS and said that they shouldn't be um, imprisoned. And some of them are out now. All of them Somali, of course. There was a Liberian ing- immigrant just um, about a month ago here in North Dakota that was found to have had sex rape parties on children. And his relative is actually in charge of the same, you know, organization Lutheran social services that brought him into the United States in Fargo. He actually runs and is a manager of the division in Grand Forks. Think about it. Why are we bringing so many refugees to States that are the backbone of the economy? I mean in South Dakota, all of them go to the meat packing plant. Would you trust someone that hates you to pack your meat? I wouldn't. I don't even go to restaurants when I see someone nasty. There's like people <laughs> throughout throughout the, the nation, of course, but in my state you're allowed to like sell your own home baked goodies or whatever. So if I see someone's a troll or nasty, right? Say they talk smack about everybody. They think they're better than everyone, even though they're losers themselves. And they start selling business products like creams, food, cakes, cheesecakes, whatever. Why would you go buy it? That person is so vile. They might know that you're up for a job uh, interview with some place and you're going to have to have a drug test and they slip in some drugs just to mess with your life because people like that are nasty and people that commit jihad are even nastier. You have to focus and see where, where, and I annotate the where they are placing these refugees to work water plants meat packing plants recruiting more refugees it's very important that we maintain our eyes focused on little things because uh, like i demonstrated with the executive orders done by you know previous presidents they altered the law to the point where age of consent is almost at 12 now they've allowed bestiality as long as you use sexual organs for copulation with an animal it's crazy right why would you make that law like that's disgusting yet you know if you neglect your dog outside you get arrested but if you use your sexual part in their sexual part it's okay It's just really sick. But those little changes over time yield large results. And these little changes that they've been doing over time, remember I played the video from the 1980s of what their plan was coming to the United States. They didn't hide it. Small changes over time yield large results. And the only way that you can get a society to kneel and believe that your way is the right way is when you bring it to a point where there is utter chaos, where people question basic things like biology, where people don't know if they're coming or going, where suddenly sexualizing children is okay having relations with children is okay eating humans is okay and why am I saying this did you know that in South Korea they have a problem of people importing human pills I am not just this isn't tinfoil this is actual fact because apparently people will purchase dehydrated human beings usually aborted children or aborted or babies that are born stillborn or just just human beings where they dehydrate them and put them in a powder and supposedly um, it'll cure ailments so we're like kind of on the verge and that restaurant you know in California that's like that people donate human bodies to where cannibalism is becoming okay It's, it's very slight and over time, right? It's not like, you know, 20 of them are going to pop up and say, here, we eat, you're dead. Come and enjoy our food. This is real stuff. They do it slowly, meticulously, and patiently because it's going to be at that point where people are suddenly going to regain their sanity to say, oh my gosh, what is going on? Don't worry. Islam will fix it because that is the most controlling way because people will seek that stability, you know i i this is just this has happened before in the past guys obviously with more force when the islamic ark closed in on on europe where they came in with full force this is why you can see arabic inscriptions in roman baths in scotland but you know history eradicating it getting rid of books tangible books Yes, we're making room for libraries in my state, and they want to throw away books. They want to digitize them. No joke. Throw away books. Lose that tangible evidence of things. Uh, You know, my husband and I, uh, last night, for some reason, like I was watching something with Julia Roberts, and suddenly he was watching Pretty Woman. And he watched it again, and he was like, they changed the movie. Have Have you guys ever been in that spot where they changed something and it was that part where you know her friend comes to pick up the rent money or whatever and they're sitting down outside and her friend was like I don't you know effing believe it puts her head back and answers the question well that scene was cut out she just answered the question Uh, I remember that and my husband was like and I was like what do you remember he's like I remember this sounds like me too because she sat back held her head like Ooh, I can't believe it and head explode kind of thing and said it why am I saying this? On Exilium 103, that was an actual element uh, back in the 80s uh, and 90s, and now it's not. It's just not even on the periodic table. The people that control the present have the power to alter the past that we know. And history is repeating itself constantly throughout the world. We have seen this movie before where we're heading into a communistic society out of necessity and we will voluntarily forfeit because this totalitarian regime is successfully implementing their practices. We have a president that has come in at the right time. Not to just save us. Because if he goes, the rest of the world goes. They see hope in our president. Don't listen to what the mainstream media tell you. They see so much hope with America. They love our president everywhere. And these plants these small changes that they're making to our government this full-fledged attack on the one man that is trying so hard to rectify almost a century's old issues needs our support and our prayers more than anything but he also needs us to help weed out things like ilhan omar rashida ocasio and the people that are to come. Because I've said it again and I'll say it again. <laughs> Yang is a threat. The fact that they haven't put him on the forefront is to dis. they're going to bring him in the end just like they did Obama. Remember when they brought Obama to kick out Hillary, right? During, remember that, they brought him in last minute. They are working on it. It's exactly the same thing we're going to see. History, as long as we can remember it because they're changing it as it is will be able to give us the right tools to identify what's going on better. Yang is going to be an issue and this new green deal, thank goodness that we're pushing it forward now to see who's on it. Because this new green deal that Ocasio put up there that was insane, that she removed from her site and said, nope, it was never on her site, but we have it recorded that it was on your site, sorry, um, was to set and and set the tone and the table for Yang to come and deliver because this is his point. And, you know, this bullet train where they spent tons of money and President Trump saying, hey, maybe they need to pay us back for all that money they took for this bullet train that they abandoned, you know, is a big deal. But we all have to be very careful and very alert of um, Yang who is coming to the forefront. So... um Today, uh, shocking as it is for myself because of uh, Bill Barr, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to enjoy my Valentine's Day. I'm going to indulge in eating 20 million chocolates. I have a heart of lint chocolates to eat. I'm pretty sure that at the restaurant that I'm going to go to... um, It's going to have like amazing desserts. I'm totally going to have really weird, stupid sounding, cheesy looking martinis or something uh, for sure. (laughs) Um, And I want us to think and reflect that this, this excuse that we have of hearts and love and cupids, not to be all, you know, on the sexual innuendo and just your partner, but think of just how innately full of love we are as human beings and um you know for people like Ilhan i actually feel sorry for i really do feel sorry for people that are so um poisoned that are so nasty that are so full of hate I really feel bad for them, like to the point where I'm like tearing up when I think about it because I've been, you know, filled with rage and hate and it makes me feel really bad. We've all been there at some point in our life, right? Where we have this feeling of rage and and disappointment and hate (laughs) happens to me all the time, especially when I'm, you know, feeling um, unwarranted attacks come on. So let's take this time of Valentine's Day to remember just how innately good we are as people and how if we collectively work together to expel evil, to expel people that want to cause harm to us, how great the world actually can be. And if we learn to forgive too, and maybe I will have to start to learn how to forgive Bill Barr for all the atrocities he did, but maybe not because like I said, I trust my president and so... A, you know i've I've got to keep on a steady line there. So for all of you out there celebrating Valentine's Day today, I wish you a happy Valentine's Day. For those of you that are single, don't worry. It comes when you're not looking for it, of course. And stay true to what makes you smile and what makes you happy. For me, it's simple pleasures like my DVR. <laughs> Because I'm a huge, you know, buff for TV shows or talking math with my buddies. Those are the things that I like to enjoy. So let's indulge in things we like to do. So today I'm going to be going to dinner with friends that are driving in from Williston and um, my girlfriend who's, um, you know, active duty still in the Air Force with her husband. And my husband, thank goodness, has a day off today. So it'll be just dinner with friends uh, filled with love for each other. And I hope that you guys can surround yourself, not with people, with things that bring you love and bring you joy. You know, my cat brings me joy. So does my dog. And if you watch my Instagram, there's a lot of pictures of my dog on there. I love him. So I wish you love. I wish you health and happiness. And from all of us here at Red State, that is all we wish for all of you. I will see you here tomorrow with a lot of fiery content because I'm going to sit down and kind of review this whole confirmation of Bill Barr and make sense of it. Until then, stay true. Stand your true north. Have a great evening.